James, or Pony Bradshaw, is an artist from North Georgia. He has a distinct songwriting style that is reminiscent of the drive-by truckers and Jason Isbell. He reflects on rural American culture, the beauty of the landscape, as well as the pitfalls to which its people too often fall prey. I got to talk with him about his new album, Calico Jim. It's a beautiful and poignant album that illuminates his part of the world. Enjoy. The new album uh, has a, a, a bunch of different influences that I can hear on it or, or things that sound like um, influences to me. It reminds me a lot of uh, Drive-By Truckers and Jason Isbell. And I was wondering if you could start off telling us a little bit about your uh, musical influences. Well, you named two that I did grow up listening to a lot of, but um, I also grew up in East Texas. So mm. Towns Van Zant and Guy Clark were, were big household names for yeah. us there and you know, I grew up in the 90s, too, so it was a lot of 90s rock. I didn't play in a band or anything, but I listened to a lot of that growing up. And Yeah, but the two you named were the formative years for me. You know, Isabel with the Drive-By Truckers, and, mm-hmm. and that band in particular, they are from Athens, which is a couple hours from me. Right. Did you, uh, did you get to see them much when they were um, uh, just kind of getting started out down there? No, I was in East Texas then. I've been okay. in Georgia about 15 years, so gotcha. yeah, I wasn't nearby then. Right. Well, the the album you just yeah. released is is called Calico Jim, and it has a, a really great sound to it. And I was wondering if um, uh, you could tell us a little bit about the album. Uh, yeah, we we made the record this past August in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, in a studio called Fellowship Hall Sound. And uh, I called up my buddy, Patty Ryan. He played drums on the record. Uh, he's from Tulsa. And he played on my previous record as well, Sudden Opera. And I told him I told him I wanted him to work on the record, you know, play. And I wanted him to have a, a bass player that he was comfortable with because the uh, rhythm section is a very crucial part of a record to me, especially the way I, I like to make them. And then my guitarist said, I've been playing with for about three years, Cody Ray. He lives here around me and we just drove down there and met them and six days in the studio. I sent everybody voice memos of the, the tunes beforehand, but we didn't really map out anything. I, yeah, I, I truly believe in picking personnel that share your tastes and your visions. So you don't have to do a lot of uh, arranging on the fly, you know, you just kind of, Right. Uh, serve the song how it is and kind of worked out that way for us. Yeah. Well, the the album is very kind of um, a story and character driven. And um, I, I was wondering, would, would you call it a concept album? Um, would you go that far? Or what, what were you thinking as far as that kind of stuff goes? Yeah, I mean, I guess there's all kinds of degrees of what a concept album could be. But in my mind, uh, the Calico dude, Calico Jim, he's unnamed in every other song, but I feel like he's floating through most of them so in spirit maybe, but I didn't sit down beforehand and think, Hey, I'm going to write a concept record. But after I've written over half of it, I was like, well, this kind of goes together, you know? And I'd say eight of the 10 songs were written during this lull, this pandemic from like March to July. I wrote those and then, we quickly recorded them in August. So yeah, but it wasn't a planned concept. I've always 
been drawn to those types of records, but I feel like if you start out initially with that in mind, it might limit you creatively maybe. That's what it feels like, you know? Right. Yeah, it reminded me of a little, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Pedro the Lion, um, kind of an indie band, but um, they, they had a few yeah. albums that had this this narrative story that kind of kept going. And when I was listening to it, it kind of kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Yeah, I, I played a show in Iowa with David. He, he was solo. He blew me away, man. He's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. He's He's got quite the voice. I've seen him in the, some of those living room shows, and it it's almost spooky how well yeah. his voice fills up the room. Yeah, this was that era when he was doing those. He, he would wear that same like maroon hoodie every day. Uh-huh. <laughs> I saw him playing. But he broke a string right there on the first song. And I'm like, damn, that would have just ruined me. I could have never kept my composure and change the string and talk and like nothing happened he's just professional about all that though yeah very kind dude too very kind absolutely well there's also a real sense of uh, a place and and space in the records um some references to nature and things like that and i was wondering if you could talk about that a little bit yeah man um i don't know why i'm drawn to writing about place but for some reason it's what inspired me this this last year not because it's some perfect place where i live or beautiful i mean it's beautiful mountains and rivers but it's got ugly parts too and uh so i'm not sure why i'm, I'm drawn to that i guess you know the sense of pride even when pride is not warranted is, is what we have in our hometowns and our communities and I, it was just easy to write about and I felt I had the authority to write about this town because it's where I live and where my kids were born and, you know, all those types of things. And now it's, I I don't know if it's, it's a a bad thing that I wrote about North Georgia, but now it kind of feels weird for me to not write about North Georgia, even like in preparing this next record, you know, I feel like an obligation to continue writing about a place that I know instead of, some abstract kind of tune where it's in Nevada or something. I don't feel like I could uh, pull that off as much, you know, because I don't know Nevada. I don't know all the pockets and all the little the idioms that you guys use. Maybe you might, the colloquialisms, and, you know, it just wouldn't come off as authentic. So something about being authentic and writing about my home really inspired me this time right yeah it, it, it sounds very genuine uh, to me did you grow up in a um in a pretty rural area for the most part yeah everywhere i've lived has been rural <laughs> for right. sure yeah in east texas i was born in mississippi and i ended here in georgia and yeah it's always i've never lived in a city really you know so mm-hmm. yeah rural is that word is a tough word isn't it yeah and the Mars are too close together. <laughs> <laughs> it always sounds like you're mumbling a little when you say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the the title track uh, and the name of the album is, is Calico Jim, and uh, th- there's this character, as you mentioned before, that comes in and out of songs. Um, can you talk a little bit about that song and that, that character a little bit?
Yeah, my name is James, and my dad's name was James, and my son's name, his middle name is James. So I use James, Jim, Jimmy a lot. So initially I didn't, I wasn't thinking that that's my alter ego, which some people think Calico Jim is in that song. But it could be, you know, I don't know. But that's where the gym comes in. I, I tend to use that a lot. And then, um, you know, I just thought about, I can't be the only dude in the South that doesn't think like the stereotypical Southerner. It turns out I'm not, and I already knew that. But, you know, so the outro part of that song is kind of kind of leaning towards that part. You know, Calico Jim in a, in a red state or whatever, although we're a blue state now, which is pretty crazy, huh? Uh, but yeah, just it's 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 like being a part of a, a community, but also at the same time not being of it. It's it's a weird dynamic and complex being from the south. Sometimes, unless you're you got your blinders on and you are one of the bigots, you know what I mean. Then you don't even realize it. But if you're not, if you're a decent human being, then you're confused a lot about your surroundings and your community. So I just kind of wanted to write about that. Right. Well, I really like the song uh, Sawtooth Jericho as well. And I was wondering if you tell us uh, tell us a little bit about that tune. Jericho, she's moonshine drunk, hanging all over me. These rituals, them dark spells. Come on, cast the mama, ain't no shaman, but I'll wade through the slab and the scrub. Cause going water ain't enough. Huh? That one's, uh, that's one of my favorites on the record as well. Um, I remember writing it and uh, singing that part, Sawtooth Jericho. And at the time, I thought that I'd read somewhere in a book that it was a, a root similar to something like ginseng. So that's what I had in mind when I was singing it, you know, some kind of elixir for maybe a, a, a pain or a needing energy or, you know, what they use. The old timers used those things for well, back in the day. And um, when I woke up the next morning, I, I was Googling Sawtooth Jericho just to make sure I had it right, you know, and I, I could not find it anywhere and to this day i have no idea what sawtooth jericho is but that's what it is to me that mm. that word the song on the other hand is it's not a linear narrative it doesn't go straight into one verse to the next and uh it doesn't tell a like a straight story the verses are more vignette like but they're connected to me in my mind i know where they connect and where they, where they lead to the next verse or how the chorus ties it up. I, I know how that, I can see that vision in my head, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah. I also think it's a song that a listener can come up with many different stories of what they think it's about, you know what I mean? So I kind of, I'm drawn to songs like that, the universal kind of interpretation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, yeah. stories that have a, a, a narrative, but tell a, tell a broader picture as well. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the album's out and, um, 
Yeah, it's, it's out, but we're obviously in this this weird time of, of COVID and no touring and, and all that kind of stuff. And what are your plans for uh, promoting the album? Oh, man. Well, <clears throat> in lieu of touring, I'm trying to figure out how to live stream. I bought a few things, a couple mics, uh, interface, but I still haven't got it down where I'm comfortable playing the show on whatever Facebook or YouTube, however people are doing it. So right. I haven't, I haven't done one yet, but <clears throat> that's the plan. Unfortunately, I mean, it's not in my favorite way. I don't, it feels real weird. You know, it doesn't feel like a, an authentic connection, you know, just sitting in my room playing to people <laughs> through a stream. I wish there was a different way. I wish I could figure out something innovative where it felt like you're hanging out with people mm-hmm. and playing shows, but <clears throat> in lieu of touring and, you know, playing clubs and venues, that, that's the, the plan for me for the next few months to figure out how to do that. And then set up like maybe a, maybe a weekly schedule, maybe every Thursday, every Saturday, I'm not sure yet, but something like that. What's the hardest part of that, that streaming thing? I've heard from a lot of artists that they, don't don't love it, but um, is it just the lack of connection with our or with the uh, fans? Yeah, man. I mean, I I can't even stand to Facetime people. So I mean, all that's just really weird. I, I Facetime my children. <laughs> that's different though. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's just it feels so it's just uncomfortable to me. And it doesn't feel. I feel like it would be easier for me to just film a session and then put it out there for everybody just to watch at their leisure. You know what I mean? Instead of doing this live stream where I'm looking at the comments, if there are any and saying hello to people through my phone, you know, that just feels a little strange. Yeah. I know people do it and some people are great at it, but some people are not great at it. And I would be in that in the latter. (laughs) And I can't figure out the technical part of it. And I'm very OCD about sound quality so mm. got to figure that out before i i do those yeah that's definitely tricky well yeah. um do you um uh, you just recorded this in in august and released it recently but um are you going to be uh, mm-hmm. working on any new projects uh, this year other than um uh, promoting what you got out there we'll probably just work this record for the year and put out another one next year you know but uh yeah, I'm always writing. I'm always ready to make another record. That's that hasn't been too hard for me. I'm I feel like I'm hitting my stride. I'm, a, uh, I'm in my 40. I just turned 40 last year, so hmm. I feel good about what I want to write and what I want to say and all those things. So feeling very creative. We'll probably make another record late late summer, but not put it out to next year. You know, just focus on Calico Gym and you know give it the due the respect it deserves and then go on to the next one right absolutely yeah but i don't like to just sit and wait five years for a record i'm not not good with that yeah keep moving all right man well that's all the questions i had for you were there any uh any final thoughts you wanted to leave us with oh man uh no just really appreciate the support and thanks for playing the tunes